it's not even that like we're being presented with these events and this food it's the social pressure it's being with your family and what do other people have to say and the mentality of like you deserve this eat this like why are you not drinking with us as if you were being put under a limelight that you you didn't ask for it stresses people out and it causes anxiety and it also builds into that pressure around the holidays of like how do i balance how do i manage this but i think as well it kind of comes back to the all or nothing approach all or nothing is so ingrained in us that when the holidays come we don't ever consider the fact that there is the possibility that hey you can go to a social event and have a plate of food and enjoy it and leave feeling content without feeling like oh i had to white knuckle it the entire time because i wouldn't let myself eat anything or i like completely went off the rails and binged and i feel like trash and now what do i do i've got four more events coming up hey there welcome to tater talks two bitches talk fitness i'm brooke and hello i'm iris on this show we challenge the common understanding of what it means and what it takes to be fit and healthy we explore all things fitness, nutrition, mindset, and mental health without the fluff and BS. So grab a coffee, get ready to laugh, cry, even learn a thing or two. Let's get into it. Welcome back, everybody. We're super excited today because we are talking with Rusty Meyer, better known as Coach Frizzle of Fitness, Miss Frizzle of Fitness. We love her. She's great. Welcome to the show. Thanks, guys. I'm pumped to to be here. I've seen some of your podcasts in the past. So thanks for asking me on. Of yeah. course. We're excited. So why don't we start off with learning a little bit about you, how you got into this health and fitness stuff, where you came from, where you've been, who are you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. It always feels like this question. I'm like, all right, are you ready for a 10 minute monologue? <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean, I got, I got into fitness, I think like a lot of us when I was younger, but not, not necessarily intentionally because I was getting into fitness in the sense that like we partake in it now. Um, I was just always active, right? Like I was playing sports all the time. I was in dance for many years, which I always refer to them as the dark years because me and a leotard are like <laughs> not a good vibe. <laughs> Yeah, I was always athletic, um, but also always overweight, which was interesting. So I was always very good at my sports, but considering the sports I played, like basketball and baseball, yeah, I was always very overweight. And, you know, growing up, I had a really good family environment. So I want to say I didn't really notice actually my weight until high school hit, which is always a good time. <laughs> and then uh, I started to feel really like uncomfortable in my skin and in my body and puberty and all that good stuff. And so I remember one year, a girlfriend and I, who was in a similar situation as as I was, we decided that summer, like, we were just going to do something. So we just started running. We just used to go to our high school track and we would just run. And like, literally, when I tell you, it took us half an hour to do like one lap the first time. But we just kept showing up. We kept running. And eventually, we just started losing weight. And we started to feel a little bit better. We started to feel a little bit more confident at that age, you know, of 16, where so much of our self-worth and self-image lies in the shape of our body, especially based off of what our peers think of us based off of our bodies. And then I, I joined my first gym sometime shortly after that. I think the Canadian winters got to me, but I went to the gym and I would just run there. <laughs> So I was, a, I was definitely a big cardio bunny for the first few years. And I wound up meeting a really nice guy who started to show me like how to use weights and things like that. And kind of my like love for fitness was born because I remember even when I would be at the gym and I would be running, I would watch these other women that had these like phenomenally, you know, trigger word toned physiques <laughs> and they're just crushing out weight and, you know, working out in a sports bra. And there was that like longing for like, this is cool, but I want more. And what is that? And like, they have a sense of empowerment that even I don't have now, no matter the fact that I lost 50 pounds. And yeah, I was in the best shape of my life. Then there was something still missing. And so for me, I started using weights and kind of the love from there was born. And I went to college for fitness and started working in gyms. But I think the big thing for me is like, even throughout all of my, my journey, I really fell in love with coaching because of 
wanting to educate people in a way that would actually be applicable for their life because there is a ton of information out there and it is very overwhelming. I mean, I still feel overwhelmed (laughs) on a daily basis. And for me, even when I look at my own journey, so I lost all this weight and gotten into shape, but I had done it in a way that was not sustainable for me because I happened to follow information that was not accurate. And so I had put myself in a very extreme calorie deficit where I wasn't eating carbs really at all. And I remember thinking at one point and following this rule, and I can't remember who I learned it from, where like I wouldn't eat more than 25 grams of fat a day, which is very bad (laughs) from just the perspective of our hormones alone, right? So anyways, my weight loss didn't last. And for anyone who doesn't know my story, I like wound up gaining all of the weight that I had lost back plus more, and then kind of took this approach of restarting it. And so I'd actually taken a break from fitness for a few years, because I was just so frustrated. I was just so annoyed that I had gone through this journey. And I was actually like my binging was at an all time high, I gained all my weight back. And now I was also just confused, like, who do you trust? And what course of action do I take? So yeah, I really started learning things, I would say probably for myself. And then I went to college and really fell in love with this idea of like, okay, we can literally do anything with our body. Like we literally have the power to do anything with our body. And that in and of itself is like so empowering. So like, how do I give people that power, but also give it to them in a a way that's like, again, feasible for them, that doesn't have them feeling like trash, that doesn't have them feeling every six months like they have to start over again and actually feels like this is something I can keep up for the rest of my life. So that's kind of like why I wanted to really get into coaching. And then the Miss Frizzle thing. I mean, if anybody listening is from the 90s or had kids in the 90s, obviously, she was like everybody's favorite teacher. And outside of the curly hair, I always like identified with the fact that she was like outside the box and like wore wacky clothes and colors and lived to the beat of her own drum. And a lot of that I really identify with. So I was like, yo, this works, baby. We are going with this. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. And it suits you so well. Thank you so well. Yeah, I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, that's, I mean, people get so frustrated that they were wayward for however many years. Mm -hmm. And I understand that because there's this idea of like, well, I could have been so much farther ahead by now if, 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 if. Yeah. But I mean, that's how we learn, right? We do stupid shit. We believe stupid people. (laughs) It's just stupid people. We believe stupid information that isn't true or doesn't work for us because it's unsustainable in some way or form. And then Mm -hmm. we just adjust and then it is what it is. And we just keep the ball rolling. Yeah, no, totally. I think one of my favorite quotes is, it's who you are, not who you was, which obviously isn't correct English (laughs) or grammar. (laughs) But I, I just love that mentality that like, literally everything that's behind us, it doesn't matter at all. And this is one thing I talk a lot about with my athletes is there's a really heavy sense of like guilt, shame and blame that I think we all live with. But I don't think we realize how much that actually impacts our journey and our ability to make progress. Because for so many of us, when we're living with this constant sense of guilt or shame, whether it's about our own choices, our family choices, whether it's about maybe like the fact that you're dad always used to show his love language to you by giving you an ice cream sundae and an extra large pizza to yourself and putting you in front of the TV. And now you feel guilty every time you eat ice cream and pizza. There's like a lot from our past that we bring into our future um, or bring into our present moment. And it's it debilitates us. It is literally the thing that holds us back from losing the weight that we think we want to lose. There's such a mental weight that we carry with us. Like, yeah, you want to lose 20 pounds, but you also need to lose the weight that you've been carrying for the last 20 years. And when we can like tie those two things together and like really kind of dive into what's going on behind the like shame, blame or guilt, man, the journey becomes so much easier. Oh, yes. Yeah. I say I don't I don't care if you lose an ounce if your mind is fucked. Like, it it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And it's Mm -hmm. not going to last. We have to get deeper than that. And all the aesthetic stuff is can be super empowering. And it's super fun. Mm -hmm. But if you're not going any deeper than that, you're missing the entire point of everything. Yeah, completely agree. 
aesthetics are really cool. And I think that there's nothing wrong with having aesthetic goals. But I think what people fail to realize is that it's usually not actually achieving the aesthetic goal, weight loss, fat loss, building muscle, whatever it is that actually brings about the feelings of self-empowerment or or self-confidence. It's you showing up for yourself. It's the act of you going through the process. The byproduct of that is just that you accomplish those physical goals, but those physical goals aren't actually what's going to have you feeling better about yourself, which is why if you do talk to a lot of people who have, like myself, lost weight, because at 16, I wanted to just feel better. I wanted to be asked out on a date. I wanted, you know, (laughs) attention. I lost the weight, but I wasn't actually more confident. I didn't actually feel better. And outside of the fact that, again, I followed very bad nutritional advice, those things all led to me gaining all that weight back. So yeah, I always love saying like fitness is way more than fat loss. And I I do truly, truly believe that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know Brooke and I and the other coaches on on BFF, sometimes we get the, well, you're a weight loss coach Mm -hmm. label. It's like, well... We help with that. Absolutely. Probably the majority of our clients want to lose fat. And yes, that is what we do. But mm. it's not just that because yeah. it's, as you said, it's never about the result or the weight loss. It's about everything that you do during mm. and just body recomposition in general, mind recomp in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I had a client she was very, very apprehensive and she was just so focused on a number on the scale. And I asked her, I said, so if you were to see that number on the scale that you're obsessing over, what are you going to focus on next? And she didn't really have much of an answer. I'm like, would you rather have your dream body or Mm -hmm. your dream weight? Because they're two very different things. You can lose body fat and still feel like you have shit to work on. And like my experience uh, stems back to like a bodybuilding show where I did my very first bodybuilding show in 2018. And I had this number in my head of getting down to like 140 pounds. I'm like, okay, I'm going to get to 140 pounds. And like for our listeners, like I'm five foot eight. So I'm, (laughs) I'm a tall girly. Yeah. That's, I don't want to say lean. That's low. It's very low. And what was really, really sad about that is I had a coach that was not a good one. He was opposing coach during prep. It was more, it was a whole different set of mind games. It was always about push, 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 lose as much weight as you can. So you could step on the show or on the stage during the show. And we didn't take into account like the fact that I lost six pounds of muscle that I spent like years building. And it kind of spoke to me like with the mindset piece, because I got down, my show weight was 128 pounds. Wow. I was very (laughs) malnourished. I was very unhealthy. And what was fucked up about that is I thought I had to get leaner. Mm -hmm. I kept thinking I had to get leaner. So even at my very leanest, my mindset was fucked up. And there's no nothing I could have done that would have shifted my perspective except for being fucking nice to myself, being realistic, having a coach that, again, that it was all based off of misinformation, very similar to your story, Rusty, where, you know, I was getting all of that, like, don't eat carbs, don't eat that. Like at one point I was eating two ounces of cod and five asparagus spears five times a day. And oh man, I still to this day cannot eat cod. Like uh, <laughs> I don't blame you. Day, it just goes to show that no matter what my goal was, Mm-hmm. I, I wasn't achieving it because number one, I wasn't healthy and I wanted to be healthy. But number two, my mindset was so fucked that I literally lost sight of why I was even doing the show. I mean, it was definitely one of the uh, bucket list items. It was crossing it off my bucket list, but little did I know how much mindset and having a good coach can really impact you, can really impact you. Yeah, no, I I love what you said there with one of your own athletes. What is it you want? Do you want the body? Do you want the house to look a certain way? Or do you care how much money you spent on the house? Do you care what the, the scale number says? Even with what you're saying with your story, right? Like two ounces of cod, first of all, anybody who doesn't track 
won't understand how little that is. Anybody who has weighed out their food, like my cat eats more than that, (laughs) you know, but yeah, I think you're so bang on. Like it still wasn't enough because the thing you're searching for, you're still looking for, you're not finding it in the scale weight or in the food or in the show. So it's still, it's never enough. Yeah. And it wasn't until I had to shift my mindset to, okay, I'm only focused on the end result. I'm not even focused with all of the mindset progress that I needed to make, all the habits that I needed to change in order to be a healthier version of myself. And so one of the biggest things that I love to tell my clients is if you can picture yourself at your dream aesthetic, like your dream aesthetic, you've crushed your goals, you're happy, you're content, what would you pay for that? And people like, they're like, well, it's priceless. And it's like, absolutely, it's priceless. You have to put the time and the work in and learn to enjoy the process and not just be focused on that end result. Because my end result, I had superseded what my end result was and I still wasn't happy. So I always tell people, if you imagine the best version of yourself, what do those habits look like? Once you know what those habits look like, implement them now, because you're never going to get there if you don't implement them now. Mm -hmm. Yes. I love that. I love that. It also brings this mentality of like, what are you running towards? Because I think so many of us, we're stuck running away from something. You're scared of the weight gain. You're scared of the fat. You're scared of binge eating. So every decision you make is out of fear. So you're running away from something. And we usually don't find much confidence or empowerment or sense of like, I can do this when we're running away in fear. But when you have, like you said, like that image, who is it you want to be? What does that person look like? Now start doing it. Now you're like actively running towards something. And when you are running towards something at like a fast speed at a powerful pace, even if you put your fears in front of it, guess what? You're going to smash through those. So yeah, I love that. I love that. That sense of like, who is it? Now go after that instead of who are you afraid of and run away from it. Even that, it's just such a, like, I got goosebumps myself. (laughs) Such a powerful (laughs) mentality. It is. And like, I feel like once people find that, and that's something that we work with people a lot, you know, with coaching, like all of us coaches who actually are trying to spread the evidence-based science and not the misinformation, that's so much of what we preach is like, listen, like this is attainable. This is maintainable and sustainable if you do it in a way that is going to set you up for life. Waking up in the morning and going on a walk or stretching, something just so simple can impact your life in such big ways. And I don't think every, like when you're looking at that fear mentality, that fear-based mentality, you are so engulfed in that fear that you can't see that your life can be better. Totally, totally. The the idea of the, your potential is so overshadowed by the fears you have in your mind that are holding you back. It is such a, a big difference. And even, yeah, with that, right? Like those little small daily habits, like you said, they make such a difference. Other quote, I love quotes, but there's a- <laughs> Yeah, same. <laughs> yeah, they're so good. And sometimes I hear one, I'm like, if I don't write this down now, I'm going to forget it. And then it's going to drive me nuts. There's one that says we often overestimate what we can do in a day or a week or even a month, but we underestimate what we can do in a year. And it's so true because we think like, what what do you mean you only want me to start by tracking my water and getting good sleep and going for walks? That's not enough. I need to change. That's nothing. Yeah, I need. (laughs) That's too easy. It is, right? People are like, oh, no, I need to do, I need to work out seven days a week and I need to be doing an hour of cardio a day. And it's like, yeah, but guess what, baby? This is why every three months you're restarting every four weeks you're restarting because you're over committing it's not gonna work <laughs> but in a year guess what you might be well hopefully you're not working out seven days a week because you do not need to be doing that but you know what like <laughs> yeah. in a year you're probably gonna be doing a lot of those things effortlessly because you just trusted the damn process <laughs> yeah and i feel like another way to trust the process is for people to just remove the fucking timeline yes yeah. preach that is so important people removing like this timeline of like, I have to lose this amount of weight before this date or else, or else what, what's, what's going to happen. And then they stack their fucking plate so high 
they are trying to balance so much at once that they end up either getting overwhelmed and saying, fuck it, I'm not going to do this. Or they end up going down a really bad cycle of like what you were saying, you're on for three months and you're off for three months and you're on for three months. And just imagine everything you could have done in that time that was, I don't want to say wasted, but kind of wasted all that time. You could have made amazing progress just by doing one small thing at a time. Yep. Yep. Mm -hmm. But your ego told you it wasn't enough. And now (laughs) it's true. No, it is. It is the timeline. It stresses people out so much. Like in some ways I get it. I feel like even just like talking about myself, like from a business perspective, we constantly live in this state of like, where is everybody else at? And am I not there? Because am I falling behind? And it's stressful and it's overwhelming. But like, when you get rid of it, even in that perspective, your business, your schooling, like, and you just recognize like the right time is the time for me now. And you just get rid of all that other shit, man. Yeah. You're going to have such a more enjoyable journey. hundred percent agree. Oh yeah. And the truth is, is like, it's never going to be the right time. Their mm-hmm. life is going to happen. Yes. Holidays are going to come around. And once you think that, you know, you're in the clear, something will happen, whether it's a work thing, it doesn't even matter. Holidays are a big one where the holidays come around and people immediately think like, oh shit, you know, what am I going to do? And that fear-based mindset creeps up on them. And then they start, you know, overthinking their process and am I doing enough? Am I doing things right? So that post that you made on Instagram just the other day is huge for people to understand. It's absolutely, I love that post. You did an amazing job. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. I I think even all of us have probably been there, right? There's this sense of excitement with the holidays. And then there's also this sense of fear. And it doesn't matter if you're a month into your journey, or you've been working hard all year. It's the sense of knowing that there's all these events coming up, and there's going to be lots of food and temptations. And like, how do I balance? Do I balance? Or likewise, a big fear for a lot of us is, is the fact that it's not even that like we're being presented with these events and this food, it's this social pressure. It's being with your family and what do other people have to say? And the mentality of like, you deserve this, eat this. Like, why are you not drinking with us? As if you were being put under a limelight that you, you didn't ask for. It stresses people out and it causes anxiety. And it also builds into that pressure around the holidays of like, how do I balance? How do I manage this? But I think as well, it kind of comes back to the all or nothing approach. All or nothing is so ingrained in us that when the holidays come, we don't ever consider the fact that there is the possibility that, hey, you can go to a social event and have a plate of food and enjoy it and leave feeling content without feeling like, oh, I had to white knuckle it the entire time because I wouldn't let myself eat anything. Or I like completely went off the rails and binged and I feel like trash. And now what do I do? I've got four more events coming up. There is definitely, I think, like a a third option, right? The, The balanced approach. It's just we do tend to live in this mindset of all or nothing paired with the you deserve it. You deserve to go off the rails. You deserve to not count your macros. You deserve to start again on January 1st. But what's funny is that like all of these things that we say we deserve usually don't actually make us feel very good, which is an interesting thing in my perspective that we almost believe that we deserve in a way to self-sabotage and like we know it because a lot of us go through it every year but it's like why is that what you think you deserve i love it because this time of year i can hear as soon as i open up like my video apps i can hear the angst like the anxiety in client voices where it's like well i don't know what to do Mm -hmm. and i always have to tell my clients and remind them it did not take one day for you to make the process that you made It didn't take one day to make all of this process. If you want to enjoy your Thanksgiving, one day of not tracking is not going to ruin all the progress that you've made thus far. So being able to enjoy and like you said, like not feel like you have to stuff yourself and binge. That's something that I think is very important around the holidays for people to to understand. I know during the holidays, I actually really encourage my clients to bump up to maintenance through the holidays just because they get so drawn in like, okay, I'm losing fat. How many calories? As soon as I bring them into maintenance and say, Hey, you have this much more calories that you can consume. 
I kind of try to convince them a little bit because, you know, when people are in a fat loss phase, they're like, no, I don't want to ruin it. Scary. Yeah. Maintenance is scary. And I really encourage them to push themselves in the gym. And I I really like to sell maintenance with, hey, you know what? You're going to have more calories to work with specifically carbs <laughs> and people yes. get really pumped yes. about that. Yeah. <laughs> they have a higher sex drive, they have more energy, they sleep better. It's easier to take better care of yourself because you your energy is higher. So I really try to sell my clients on maintenance and it's amazing how many people are terrified of going into maintaining the progress that they've already made because they just want to see that end result as quickly as possible. So what would you recommend for like the average Joe around the holidays? What would you recommend? Yeah, I think maintenance, it is definitely a play in my book as well for a lot of people, because absolutely, right? Like I actually take very much the same approach when people are going on vacation, right? A lot of people are like, you got to lose some weight for vacation. But the problem is we usually come home and we feel like trash because we go off the rails. We literally get to our resort, whatever it is, we've been dieting for so long. And now there is an all you can eat buffet and it smells amazing. And guess what? You're starving because you have been in a deficit for who knows how long, who knows how extreme, and you tell yourself you deserve it. And so everything is off the table. Whereas when we can bring people back up, like you said, to maintenance, in my opinion, especially like, so if anyone's got a vacation coming up, I always get my clients to go back to maintenance at least five days in advance. It kind of takes that edge off of your hunger. And uh, as we know, when we are not as hungry, we tend to think a little bit clearer. You're not so anxious to eat because you've already got more food in your system. And now we can make more well-informed choices. So maintenance is a big thing for me. For me, like I could have two athletes with the same goals, but they require two totally separate approaches just based off the individual. So for some people, I really like to take this time as well to encourage them to work on the trust they have with themselves. Because eventually all of my athletes are going to leave at some point or another as they should, right? They shouldn't need me for the rest of their life. And my goal is to get them to a position where like they're going to be able to be successful on their own at some point. And so having holiday meals for some people can be a very good opportunity for me to remind them that like you deserve to trust yourself. That's what you deserve. You deserve to see how you've improved your relationship with food. Does that make sense? You deserve to see how you've improved. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Your relationship with food. So for some people, we might not even take a tracking approach. Like literally, what holiday meals do you have coming up? If you've got a Christmas party with work or whatever it is, I don't want you to track at all. I want you to eat all your normal food pre-day. I want you to go into your holiday meal. And I want you to work on your self-trust by actually assessing what it is you want. Because the understanding here is what you deserve is that you're allowed to have whatever it is you want. The allowance is a big thing for me that I drive home with a lot of people. I think the urge to binge or the urge to overeat or the fear comes from the belief that we're not allowed. And when we think we're not allowed, we create more resistance. And the more resistance we create, usually the more we want that thing. Whereas when we really understand that like you are allowed to to have anything on this buffet table, you are allowed. It's okay. All of a sudden we actually recognize like, you know what, maybe I don't actually want to eat this thing because I'm allowed to do it now. And so it's not actually that appealing. It's like that rebellious nature in all of us from when we were in our 12, 13. I don't think it ever actually leaves. So for some people, I think the holidays can be a great opportunity to to remind yourself that any food is tolerable. You're allowed to have anything that you want. So work on your relationship with yourself. What is it you actually want? Do you want those, I don't know, cheese strings? Hopefully no place is serving <laughs> cheese strings. Um, you know, do you not want it? <laughs> Working on that, I think can be great. But for other people who aren't at the position yet where they are ready to just work on their self-trust, I think one of the biggest things as well here is not your calories. A lot of people really believe that because I am going to eat more, I need to eat less. 
bitch, no. <laughs> that is not. <laughs> I'm so glad you're saying this right now. <laughs> it's crazy. And I know a lot of coaches yeah. really preach this mentality, but this is not what's going to help you be successful. Again, right? It's the same thing what I said with vacationing. We're eating less and so we're hungrier. We lose all self-control. You go into a dinner and you haven't eaten all day and now you think you're going to have control. Absolutely not. But when you understand that you are allowed to eat all day and then you are still allowed to go for a holiday meal, even if it's more calories. Again, it's this mentality of you are allowed. And so therefore, we find more of a sense of empowerment. So yeah, do not hoard your calories pre-meal. Now, maybe for some people, they might, I know a lot of people like going into holiday meals with a sense of like, looking forward to the meals, and that's totally fine. So maybe you change up some of the foods you eat earlier in the day. Maybe we do take a little bit more of a protein based approach. Maybe we even take more of a fiber based approach for carbs instead of maybe like the rice you would normally have at lunchtime. Fruits and veggies can be super beneficial here because maybe we're not having as many of them at dinner because we're going to have more stuffing and things like that, which is totally fine. But at the end of the day, the point is we're still eating, you're not saving your calories. And another really big thing I like to remind people of is that uh, when it comes to your food, understand that just because it's there doesn't mean you have to. I know that like your aunt makes her famous recipe and she's always like, try mine. And you feel this pressure to do so. But remember that just because it's on your plate doesn't mean you have to finish it. And for many of us as well, this is like a childhood thing, right? You don't leave the table until you finish your plate. But again, you are allowed to eat it and you are allowed to not eat it. It's about the boundaries you're setting with yourself here more than anyone else. But there's always like three, two or three questions I really like to remind people of before they go into a holiday meal. One is what do I want my future self to thank me for? Because what you said before, Brooke, about picturing who you are in the future and what is it that they do? Same idea. When the meal is over, how do you want to feel? So what do you want your future self to thank you for? That's that's one thing. And the great thing with these questions is that there's no right or wrong. It's It's literally about you. So yes, what do you want your future self to thank you for? The other big one is how do you want to feel in your body when the meal is done? Because again here, like we're thinking about how we're going to feel in a half an hour or an hour or two hours, however long your meal lasts. And most of us don't want to feel like trash afterwards. Even if we feel satisfied, even if we ate more food, you can feel those things and not feel like trash. But at some point, there's a line that a lot of us step over. And now all of a sudden, we don't feel good anymore. So recognizing how you want to feel in your body is a huge one. But then also, the last one is what is the empowered move? So mm, I love that. Love that. Your empowerment is going to be individual. It's going to be totally based off of you. And the great thing with the empowered question is like, sometimes the empowered move will be maybe bringing your own food to the holiday event, because that makes you feel better. And that is totally okay. And sometimes the empowered move is going to be eating the food there, having the cheesecake or the pecan pie or whatever it is. But the point is, at the end of the day, it's about the decision that makes you feel the most empowered, because only choosing the healthy option, but not actually feeling very good about that isn't very empowering. But then also eating so much that you feel sick afterwards is also not very empowering. So again, it's about figuring out all of the questions really are about figuring out where you want to be when the meal is done. And I think when we get a really good sense of that, it helps us with our choices throughout the night. And it helps us feel more in control because now we know where we want to be when the meal is over instead of just kind of like white knuckling it and hoping we come out okay. <laughs> I know it's vague because again, it's kind of based off the individual, but those are definitely some questions I think are worthwhile for everybody to ask themselves. No, I love it. And it's a pick your own adventure thing, right? Yeah. Because as you said, <laughs> yeah. there's no right or wrong answer. It's just how do you want to feel? How do you want to live? Mm -hmm. Brooke and I always say, we don't care what you do. We just want you to understand why you're doing it. And is it in alignment with what you actually want? Mm -hmm. And I see it a lot where people pick the quote unquote healthy thing because they think that's what they should do. And then they end up not satisfied at all because it's not what they actually wanted, especially at a holiday dinner 
or a meal out or whatever. And then it's either a constant fight not to make up for that later, or they do make up for it later. And then they put themselves way overboard and then they're disappointed in that decision instead of (laughs) assertively deciding the empowered choice. Yes, totally. And I'm sure you guys have had athletes like this too, who make it through like a whole night at a holiday party. And they're like, I didn't eat anything there. Like, I feel so good. But then they don't actually feel good. And they tell you that they went home and they binged on the food in their fridge, because there's Mm -hmm. like so much resentment of the fact that you know what, they just didn't have anything they actually wanted to have. And it's like, there's like a disconnect, right? Because this is not how we want this to go. So absolutely, the like making up for it, we do that physically, right? A lot of people think they need to go to the gym the next day and like burn a bunch of calories, which you don't need to do either. But there's also this sense of like making up for it if you didn't actually just let yourself enjoy some food. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's so true. And you know, one thing that I like to tell my clients, not necessarily on Thanksgiving, because most, a lot of people, they do multiple holiday meals where they'll have a Thanksgiving with one side of the family and then the other side of the family and they have a Friendsgiving and then they have a holiday party. They get so anxious about it. And I finally tell them like, hey, if you go into the mindset of like, no food is off limits, but there are limits at some point, that's super, super empowering for them too, because then they get to draw what their own limits look like. They get to set those boundaries for themselves. Like, For me, what I like to tell my clients is as far as Thanksgiving goes, like, I don't give a fuck. Like, go ahead, (laughs) enjoy the pie, enjoy the turkey, enjoy the stuff, enjoy everything. And then it's never too late to make the next best choice. So when you get up in the morning, go use those carbs. Go to the, you know, go use those Thanksgiving carbs. Or you know what? If you want to just wake up and enjoy a nice cup of hot coffee and like lounge on the couch do that too. But what do those limits look like to you? I certainly don't want people to think they have to go and burn any food off because that you don't need to do that. But like, you know what, go enjoy Thanksgiving, get right back on track the next day, implement the habits that we've been working towards. So I think it's super empowering when they realize like, oh, I'm actually the one that's in control right now. And I think that some of it is a lot of people feel so out of control around the holidays because there are a lot of tempting snacks that they just get super overwhelmed and they tell you themselves like, I can't eat this at all. Or, and and this could be, you know, debatable, but like if people are always like referring to themselves as a perfectionist or as I am a binge eater. I think people live up to what they tell themselves. Yes, Mm -hmm. absolutely. Labels alert. (laughs) Label alert. alert. (laughs) Yep. It's almost like a self-fulfilling prophecy in a sense. So changing Mm -hmm. the way that you think about yourself and the way that you think like, I'm going to go, I'm going to enjoy Thanksgiving. And then tomorrow I'm going to go take the dog for a long walk implementing healthy habits after the fact that you're already implementing. It doesn't need to be anything new. It doesn't need to be anything exciting. It can just be as simple as going about your routine just as you would any other day. Totally. Mm -hmm. And it goes back to what you were saying, Rusty, too, about running towards something instead of running away from something. Mm -hmm. Like the gym scenario example. Going to the gym fueled to the gills because you had a delicious, wonderful meal and you feel no guilt and you're, you perform awesomely because you are fueled versus, oh no, what have I done? Now I have to compensate for this. And then it just continues the spiral. Yes. Yes. As well, it, like you said, Brooke, the, the stories we, we play in our mind are 100% very valid in terms of like the actions we take. So even with that, right? So yeah, Iris, like you said, fueled to the gills. If you're feeling like, oh, I have to go do this, the story you're telling yourself in your mind is that you did something wrong, right? This is a punishment. Whereas when you're like, man, I had such an amazing meal. My body is like got tons of good nutrients in here. I'm probably going to hit a PR today. You are now actually using more of a, I'm going to take advantage of this mentality. And it's like anything else, right? Like if you were to go to the store and buy a Ninja Creamy, which I've been trying to get for forever and they're sold out like everywhere, you know, you're going to come home, you're going to use it. You're going to take advantage of that Ninja Creamy. You get a fire outfit shopping with your girlfriends and you're like, 
know what? I'm going to wear this out tonight. I'm going to take advantage of this like good fit and this new outfit I got. Absolutely. You had a great meal. You are now going to take advantage of the opportunity to go and crush a good workout versus, yeah, the mentality of like, I have to do this because I've done something wrong is not where it's at. And that's why I think too, like, if people do choose the next day, like, I just want to go for a walk with my dog or with my family or watch a good movie the next day. Like, that's totally fine because there's no punishment here. So anything is on the table. Literally any option is yours. Yeah, there's a lot of empowerment with that in and of itself. I get to make the choice that feels best for me without having to punish myself, without having to create this negative inner voice that's telling you like, oh, you shouldn't have eaten this. What's the matter with you? You have no self-control. Like people don't understand like what you tell yourself internally is exactly what it's that you're going to follow that with negative behavior. So making sure that you are really speaking to yourself with kindness and compassion, what would you tell your best friend? If she were in in this situation, what would you tell your kid? You know, like I think people around the holidays, they get so hung up on everything that they can't do that they don't realize what they can take advantage of and what they can do. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. The mental shift again between can and can't opportunity versus disadvantage, victim mentality mindset versus growth mindset. Like it, they're all very real things. I don't care how cheesy people think they sound. They are absolutely very real things. Very real, very important things. Mm -hmm. And you get to pick what you absorb into your identity. It's so true. And I think the brain is constantly looking like when you when you tell yourself that this is how it's going to be, your brain will constantly try and find justifications to keep you there then because you are trying to justify the story that you are creating. Um, And so you will literally find anything to back that story up. So change the story. We literally all have the power to change the story. It's just up to us whether we're going to or not. Yeah, I think about that too, leading into the holidays where people just kind of assume that it's all going to suck. (laughs) They go into it assuming it's all going to be a wash and that they don't have any control and that they're not going to be able to exhibit any self-control. And then, Mm -hmm. as you said, their brain looks for reasons where they're right instead of picking a different mentality. And maybe you don't always make the most helpful choices, but that's human totally (laughs) that's life just making the choice that's like right for you and even when you do make a choice where you're like i probably could have done better you know are you telling yourself like you're an idiot like what's wrong with you you never get this right because guess what then you are literally gearing yourself up to feel like shit but when you understand like you know what like here's what i did really well okay now where can i improve there's no failures. There's only potentials for improvements. And that is where you're going to continue to develop that growth mindset. And and now maybe you're not afraid of the next event because you have made it such a negative thing because you literally talk to yourself like trash after every event. Now you're like, okay, this is actually an opportunity for me to see where my relationship with food's at, where my relationship with myself is at, where my self-control's at, where my relaxation's at. And so I'm only going to grow from here. Like, guess what? You are not fearful going into these events now because you, again, are setting your mindset up for that really positive just way to look at things. Absolutely. And I always tell my clients really the same thing that you just said. I always tell them like, there is no failure. There's only feedback. Yes. Mm -hmm. There, mm-hmm. There's no failure. There's only feedback. What can you take from that situation and apply to the next time you're in that situation? What is the learning experience that you gained from this? And that seems to help people a lot. Very, very much like what you said. And I think going into the holidays, a lot of people are just way too fucking hard on themselves. Yeah, man. Really hard on ourselves. And I'm guilty of it too. I think we all are. But we hold ourselves to this standard sometimes that's just not even realistic. And then we wonder why we're not able to succeed. And then again, this like negative feedback loop continues on and on and on because the standard we set is infeasible. We're not able to do it. We talk to ourselves like trash and uh, we just never progress any further. And it's just a really 
sucky place to be in because in reality it is just as easy for you to see yourself as wildly successful and capable and strong and in control as it is for you to see yourself as a giant sucky thing (laughs) you know like (laughs) it is just as easy it's just what you're choosing i'm also thinking about showing up to these holiday events, automatically being down on yourself because of your aesthetics at the current time, Mm -hmm. kind of wanting to present in a certain way to people who may or may not always comment on the way you look or what you're eating. And that's, that's rough. So how would you talk to somebody about that? Because I mean, I'm of the mind and I feel like we would agree that showing up how you are and standing by that is probably one of the most powerful things you could ever do, mm-hmm. especially around potentially stressful people. Mm-hmm. But how? Yeah, this is such a good question. Honestly, kind of what you just said there, one thing when I've talked to people before, and it's less about the nutrition and more about the aesthetics or more about the look is like, do you believe you're enough? Do you believe you're enough as you are right now? Because again, desire for external validation that we are looking to fill a hole potentially that we don't have even for ourselves. And so recognizing that like, if you truly believe you're enough, that's okay. Because we often think that enough isn't good enough. You know, we can't be enough. We have to be more than enough. We have to be like Beyonce level. Like I need a ball gown. Like this has to be, you know, unbelievable. But the reality is actually having a positive body image is not exclusive to feeling beautiful all the time. And I think people get confused with that. When you have a positive body image, you accept yourself as you are, period. Whether you are dressed up to the nines and you are feeling fine and you are feeling beautiful, but you're also maybe a little bloated one day. That's okay. You can still have a positive body image and feel bloated. You can still have a positive body image and not feel beautiful. Having a positive body image is about accepting, yeah, who you are, how your body is for your body, not in comparison to what social media displays for you or what everybody else at the party is wearing or what their body looks like. And so that kind of helps with not just hearing that or saying that, but understanding that you don't have to feel beautiful to have a positive body image, that you can just accept who you are and still feel good about yourself can help us get to that point of feeling like we are enough then. And it takes the pressure out from finding the perfect outfit in your closet because you just want to find one that's enough for you. And if it's enough for you and you do feel or you do get to that point where you accept yourself as you are, you're going to have a much easier time in these social situations. And you start to actually realize that a lot of other people don't actually accept who they are. And so they're using a lot of these social events to try and make up for the lack of positive body image that they don't have that they wish they have through the clothing that they're wearing through the questions that they're asking you. And it's it's a really great opportunity once you get there to actually really improve your self confidence more than ever before. But yeah, for that, I think it a lot of it does come back to having a positive body image and understanding that you are enough. And you accept yourself. I love it and putting in the reps, because it's not like a switch flips, and then it's all you know, oh, no. positive body image. Oh, no. Yeah. You could have a net positive body image and still have those moments of like, wow, I'm a pile of shit. <laughs> yeah, totally. Because again, like perfection does not exist. <laughs> it yeah. really doesn't at all. Yeah. And, you know, for those people listening that get worried about like what family's going to think of what you look like and things like that, or even worse, like if you have have family that comments on your weight or your body image. One of the things that I started to implement was just asking people, wow, what makes you so comfortable asking me that? Mm, Mm. Yes. Go off. I love it. That can be really powerful because I hear it from clients like, well, I'm really nervous because my mother-in-law is going to be there. I just had a baby eight months ago and I haven't lost the baby weight. Like I'm worried about what they're going to say. First of all, anybody that wants to be around you solely for what you look like aesthetically is not somebody that you want in your fucking circle. Bye, bitch. Yeah. You don't want that in your circle. But when you finally start asking people and calling people out on their shit, which you can do in a nice tactful way as well, 
asking a simple question like, what makes you so comfortable asking me of that? Or what makes you so comfortable commenting on my body? What What is it that makes you so comfortable doing that? It's a really jarring question for the people that are being mm-hmm. critical of you. So it's yeah. not rude. It's not disrespectful. It's literally to figure out where their mindset's at because chances are, if they're judging your progress, it's probably because they are upset that they're not making any. Yes, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. The the attitude people take towards you is merely a projection of themselves. <laughs> you know, like it really is. When people are threatened by your presence, it's because they are uncomfortable with your presence, not because of what you've done, but because it's made them realize that they have probably convinced themselves that they're not capable of doing something. And now the fact that you're doing them has told them that there is something going on inside of them, that they're not living up to their potential, that they probably have more to give and they've quit on themselves. And that is uncomfortable. That's an uncomfortable feeling. Absolutely. But instead of sitting with that and taking ownership, because people in this situation usually suck at that, they're just going to try and bring you down to their level. It's a projection. It is literally a projection. So be that mirror for them and project it back all the way because it's not on you. It's on them. Mm -hmm. So yeah, no, I love that. I love what makes you think that you can ask me that. Set those boundaries, people. Set those boundaries because there's nothing disrespectful about them. Damn straight. Damn straight. Welcome to church, people. (laughs) (laughs) Bada boom. (laughs) We are big on boundaries over here. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. It's, it's a tough time of year. It really is. I think there's no such thing as the picture-perfect Hallmark family. We all got those demons. <laughs> it's tough. Even in that, you know, I don't think anybody's alone in the way that they feel. You can almost always guarantee somebody else out there is going through what you're going through. They can relate to you. Like, you are 100% not alone. Mm-hmm. I love it. Well, that's a great place to end, I think. This has been an amazing conversation. It really has. coming on, Rusty. Thanks for asking me, guys. This was awesome. That was great timing. The holidays coming up. I mean, I'm in Canada, so we already had our Thanksgiving, but <laughs> like, you know. I never know when Canadian Thanksgiving is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We have it early, unfortunately, because by the time I see all the photos for all my friends in the US, I'm like, damn, I want some like turkey or <laughs> something again <laughs> between that and everything else. Yeah. No, I hope you guys have a, a great holiday. Oh, thank Thanks. you so much. I know I will. Shit. I'm going to be eating. Yeah, girl. <laughs> that's the only way. The question is like, what kind of like pecan pie team or what's the like go to? Oh, for- I'm a pumpkin pie bitch, baby. All the way. I like both. Destroy so, a pumpkin yeah. pie. I'm indifferent. I'm like, if you have pecan pie, great. If you have pumpkin pie, great. If you have both, even better. I yeah. get a tiny slice of each. <laughs> 100%. That's how we do it in my family too. And actually this year, because I have extended cousins who own a bakery. So we had like apple pie as well. Girl, I had all three. I was was just like, this is, this is too much, but not really. I'll bring it over. Bring it over. (laughs) (laughs) Bring it on. (laughs) Yeah. hundred percent. Well, tell everybody where they can find you, follow you, connect with you, work with you, all the things. For sure. So Facebook, Instagram, (laughs) TikTok are all coach.frizzle and YouTube is literally the Miss Frizzle of fitness, but you'll find me. I'm sure if you just put in frizzle, it'll come up. (laughs) (laughs) That's where you can find me. Great SEO. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, legit. All righty. Well, thanks again for coming on Coach Frizzle and everybody else. Have a wonderful day and we'll talk to you next time. Same time, same place. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Tater Talks, two bitches talk fitness. If you enjoyed the show, let us know by writing a review, subscribing wherever you like to listen to podcasts. Find me, Iris, on Instagram at Iris Deadlifts. And you can find me, Brooke, on Instagram at Get You a Brooke. We'll talk to you soon. Nice. Nice. <laughs>